England, December 3rd, 1926. Around 9.45 p.m., mystery writer Agatha Christie packs a bag and leaves her home telling her house staff that she's going for a drive. Her young daughter Rosalind was asleep in her room and Christie's husband Archibald was away. By the next morning, Agatha Christie had not returned home. Her car was found abandoned and nearly wrecked by a quarry, but no body was discovered. For 11 days, the entire country and parts of the world closely followed the story of the strange disappearance of Agatha Christie. Spoiler alert, if you don't know much about Agatha Christie, she was found unharmed and would become a worldwide sensation. But it's a commonly held belief that Agatha Christie never spoke about why she disappeared from her family and friends for 11 days. Or did she? This is a study of strange. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael May, and today we're delving into the disappearance of one of the most beloved mystery writers of all time, Agatha Christie. And if you like whodunits, like I do, you're probably a fan. And this story, uh, it feels like it's ripped right out of one of her novels. And with me is Julissa Wright. I almost called you Julissa Smith because I've known you so long. <laughs> no, I forget I know sometimes you by too. Multiple names, yes. <laughs> So Julissa is one of the proprietors, that's the word, (laughs) proprietors of Storyboard Delights, which is a, I'm going to call it like a confectionery, how do you describe your shop? Oh my gosh. Um, Chocolatarium? (laughs) When I see people come in through our doors, I go, welcome to your new favorite place. Uh, Oh, there you go. It's a bookshop. It's a chocolate shop. We make all the chocolate from scratch, from bean to bar. And then I joke that we don't write the books, but we make everything else. Yes, um, yes. So- sometimes a joke lands. Sometimes it doesn't like that time. Um, anyways, it's all about delivery. <laughs> it is. It's all about delivery. <laughs> and I, and I, just- I thought of you. I thought of you because of the tie-in with stories and literature and books like you have in your shop, which is in, we should mention, is in Longview, Washington, correct? Yes, yes. Great. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, journey over to Longview and check out Storyboard Delights. And I know, get it's some the perfect stop. Things. Yeah, it's the perfect stop on your way from Portland to Seattle. We're right on... I almost said the five. I'm not in LA anymore. I five. <laughs> Gotta remember how to call these roads. Um... But yeah, it's like that perfect stop or when people are going to Astoria or Long Beach, you all have to go through Longview. And so like, yeah, get your chocolates, get your books. Get your chocolate, read a book. Yeah. Exactly. We have Agatha Christie books there because I make sure of that. Nice. Nice. If you're intrigued. Because of your love of, of novels, have you heard of the story of Agatha Christie disappearing for 11 days? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know all the details, but I am intrigued. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh this one is I'm gonna call this like it, it's one of my favorite low stress mysteries because <laughs> there's no dead bodies, there's no murder victims, ba- some egos and stuff like that may have been hurt in the process, but it's not a, a really heavy mystery, but it is a really intriguing one. And 
What I love about this story is I get to do something I love to do, which is there's a common story, the one most people have heard about, but there's also the less common version where there's some more details than the common fan of weird mysteries like this will will know. So I get to correct some of the common misconceptions of this story. And I've said the word common, I think, 12 <laughs> times in the last 30 seconds. It's but there very is common. It is no. very common. No. There are still mysteries around this story, some bizarre things to consider. So even though I have some more details than most people are aware of, there's definitely still some, you know, an air of, huh? With this story. <laughs> so yeah, I'll get into it. This is the, here's the, I'm going to do the common story first. This is okay. the gist of what happened. And a little bit about who Agatha Christie is, just in case listeners don't know. So Agatha Christie was born in 1890 in Devon, England, and she went on to become one of the most successful and prolific authors of the 20th century. She wrote over 60, I think it's over 60 detective novels, and is best known for her famous detectives, Hercule Perrault and Miss Marple, and obviously has a huge influence on other sort of mysteries and murder mysteries and Benoit Blanc from the Knives Out <laughs> series now. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know until researching this episode is Agatha Christie's family was actually from America. She was British. She was born in England, but her family was from New York, which I never realized before. And she married Archibald Christie, who she called Archie, a British bloke. He was serving in the military during World War One, and they married on Christmas Eve on in 1914. They had a daughter, Rosalind, or Rosalind born in 1990 and they nicknamed Rosalind. I'm going to have you guess. Guess what? Guess a nickname for a daughter named Rosalind. I mean, my go-to would be like Rosie, but- mm -hmm. Good oh, choice. I, Good choice. I feel like it'd be something like you got Rosalind. I I don't know. I would just go with Rosie. Uh, but what is it? Teddy. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of obviously. course. Teddy. Yeah. Obviously it's it so Teddy. obvious. <laughs> <laughs> nickname, nickname my daughter, Rosalind Teddy. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's got to be a story to that somewhere um, that I just never came across. So listeners, if anybody knows why she was nicknamed <laughs> Teddy, send me a message. Send me an I'm email. I'm curious now. That's study the of mystery Strange I want. Com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I honest, to be honest, as much as I love that I didn't actually look into it because I bet I could find why she was nicknamed Teddy. But yeah, Rosalind nicknamed Teddy. <laughs> so... In 1926, something strange happened. On December 3rd, Agatha Christie left her home at around 9.45 p.m. They lived in Sunningdale, Berkshire, and she disappeared without a trace. And at the time, Christie was 36 years old. She wasn't as well known as she was about to be. And I dare say her disappearance increased her visibility as an author, and she became a household name partly to do with her disappearance because every newspaper, not just in England, but like around the world was following this story. Now, apparently that night, Agatha packed a bag, left the house. She, I think she was wearing a fur coat <laughs> and she told the house staff that she was going for a drive. Archibald, her husband was gone for the weekend and her daughter was already in bed when she left the house and then no one found her for 11 days <laughs> and no one knew where she was but here's where here's where it takes the term turn into the mysterious 
is her car was found the next day abandoned near a chalk pit, like a quarry, and it was near the edge. Some accounts say that the tires were overhanging the cliff and there was some damage to the car, but there was no body like her. You know, she wasn't she didn't fall off the quarry. She wasn't down below and her belongings were in the car, but no Agatha Christie. Three different police departments helped with the search and rescue. Thousands of volunteers came out over the days. They even used planes, which apparently is the first time they used planes for search and rescue in the UK was searching for Agatha Christie. And like I said before, news, every newspaper was this was the front page of every newspaper at the time. And even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, got right. involved. And do you know that that um Arthur Conan Doyle was big into spiritualism, right? Are you aware of that? I think I knew a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. But not a whole lot. Yeah. So it's it's just, it's always been a fascinating point about him because he came up with this detective character that uses logic and facts right. to like solve cases. But Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was very much into spiritualism and talking to the dead and all this kind of stuff. So he hired a psychic to help find Agatha Christie. And the psychic... To give the him a little credit, <laughs> did say that Agatha was still alive, but yeah. he didn't he didn't help find her. Surprise, surprise, spoiler yeah. alert. Um, <laughs> the psychic did not help. And yeah, the media frenzy surrounding this disappearance, it grew and grew and grew. There's reporters, there's paparazzi going to the area, and they all have different theories, including that this is a publicity stunt for her mm-hmm. next book, or that Archie her husband killed her. You know, it's a case of murder. All the typical hits of theories in a story yeah. like this. And when Archibald became the focal point of the theory that he killed Agatha, he said this to the press. So I'm going to read a, a quote from him. I cannot account for her disappearance, save that her nerves have completely gone and that she went away for no real purpose whatsoever. I left home on Friday to spend the weekend with friends. Where I stayed, I am not prepared to state. I have told the police, I do not want my friends dragged into this. It is my business alone. I have been badgered and pestered like a criminal, and all I want is to be left alone. My telephone is constantly ringing. All manner of people are asking about my wife. Why, I even get clairvoyance ringing me up and telling me that I... The only hope I have of finding her is by holding a seance. I am worried to death. When I heard that she had disappeared, I at once went to Newland's Corner where I was told... The car had been found. That was on Saturday, and I have been here ever since. So he was, uh, he started to like push back on all the press, not just because of the theory of murder, but yeah. like they were hounding him. So of course he's going to push back. And yeah, he was, he was feeling the pressure. My favorite newspaper printed story, and I'm, I'm going to try to make a, a note here to actually put this in my show notes so I don't forget. But some of Agatha's quote unquote friends claimed that her house was haunted and that she mm-hmm. had been saying she wanted to get away from the ghost and that's why she left. And so she's fine. She was just getting away from ghosts. Like, uh, I yeah, a break. I just need a break from all these spirits. Finally, on December 14th, Agatha Christie was found safe and well at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Harrogate, which is like a spa town. It's like, you know, they mm-hmm. you go there to get treatments and stuff like that. And she had checked in, she had checked in under the name of Teresa Neal. 
And she had spent her time at the hotel reading, reading newspapers, eating, going shopping, having room service, getting massages in the afternoon, dancing, just having a grand old time. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, doesn't it? (laughs) So Teresa Neal, aka Agatha Christie, claimed that she had no memory of the car crash, no memory of who she was. She even checked in without a lot of her things, like her bag and personal items, because those were still in the car. And a hotel employee recognized her. The truth is that she was first discovered by these two like band members that worked at the hotel. They're both named Bob. So mm-hmm. they call them the Bobs. And the chambermaid also did recognize her, but she wasn't the one that told police or authorities about it. She wanted to stay out of it. And as soon as, as, soon as she was found, her husband and herself and friends close to the family all claimed that she was suffering from stress And press was actually able to piece together that Archie and Agatha's marriage was not not in great shape. So that may have I've heard about that. Yeah, he was visiting friends. Yes, he was quote unquote. (laughs) He is his friends. He was with his special friends. Yes, and and yeah. Nowadays, this is very famous. um, What was going on? But you know, at the time, not everybody realized how bad the relationship was. So people right. are saying, okay, it's a combination of stress from work, from all this stuff, or a publicity stunt on top of it all. And she was cured. As soon as Archie was at the hotel and saw her, she remembered everything and she came to, but she had doctors kind of helping her through the process. That is what people told the press. That is the story that got out. Yeah. And it's commonly said that Agatha Christie never spoke of this again, never publicly. She forever had this tough relationship with the press because they hounded her so much sort of after this. She never really got along with anybody. But I will tell you today, we get to fill in some holes because Agatha did talk about that experience. Not as in much as much detail as we would hope, but there are more details and is commonly aware of that brings into question a lot of what happened, and we will actually read what Agatha said about this event later on in the story. Ooh, Stay I'm tuned. so excited. Cliffhanger, <laughs> cut the commercial break. Although I'm probably not going to put a commercial in the middle of this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, thoughts, Julie. Anything standing out to you? Any questions? Anything at this point? I mean, in some ways, I could see how that would happen, where you have this like memory lapse sort of thing um i'm sure it's okay to like talk about because eric tells the story about how his mom just forgot the last 10 years for like a day or two (laughs) just she was out gardening and then was like why am i gardening oh (laughs) and just forgot that eric and tristan had gone to college or where they were and she was just like thankfully had gotten in the middle of like doing something that she was really happy about but she was on a loop of like every 10 minutes, it would just kind of reset. Wow. And I don't know the name of it. We'll probably yeah. look it up, but it's a thing. And then, and then at like after, I don't know, 24 hours, I guess I should have listened better when Eric was telling the story multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but like it just clicked and then she remembered everything. And I, now I need to ask her, I'm like, did you remember not remembering? Like, what, what yeah. was that? But it's a thing. I also wonder, I mean, there's a part where you're like, man, that just sounds so good. Of like, I'm just going to check out and it's easier to get off the grid that way. You're like, I don't have my phone. I don't have my electric car tracing me where I'm going. There's none of that. And you're like, okay, I'm trying to make a career for myself. I'm trying to write, but my husband 
is lame and not mm-hmm. <laughs> like we don't mm-hmm. have a great marriage and like maybe yeah she's like i'm just gonna peace out and maybe there yeah. is a part with that publicity stunt because i mean that's a pretty i mean it's just hanging off a cliff there you got all your stuff yeah it's uh it, these are all the right questions these yeah. are all the right things to think about i think we can probably answer some of that or at least give a yeah. slightly clearer picture but i think everything you're saying still i think went into this like this is one of those things where or it's one of those cases of mystery where i feel like every theory is kind of right it's i feel like there's a combination of things going on and she did have doctors i feel like we're going to get to the end of it but I feel like the doctors were kind of giving a story to the press because the family yeah. wanted to be private about everything. Yeah. That but that she was experiencing and they used much more medical terms than I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um so I do think there are cases and and issues and mental things that can happen like you just said where people can forget things. Yeah. And yeah. It, especially with the car having been almost crashed, there's a lot of theories maybe she hit her head, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. So Yeah. But we do have to the hotel is interesting because it is not near where her car was found. She had to travel yeah. to get there. So this is not wandering through the night. This is like she had to take trains and cars. She did check in. I'll get to this in a moment. But yeah. she checked in with a, ca- a taxi. She took a taxi to the hotel. <laughs> and yeah, so that's where we're going to start to fill in some holes here and figure out what happened to Agatha Christie. By the way, yeah. Drunk History did an episode on this story. Oh, I've not seen this. Uh, so that's fun. Yet. So check it out if you're enjoying okay. this and want to know some. Watch that. I do have way more details than Drunk History did, but that's a fun. That's a fun one. Oh to my have. gosh, I love it. Yeah, there's also been some documentaries. There was a a film that was a dramatized version of this story in 19, I want to say 78 or 79 with Vanessa Redgrave and Dustin Hoffman. What? And okay. it is completely <laughs> fictitious. They just took this and like yeah. ran with it in a different direction. So if you watch that, that is not what really happened. Like, is it the uh, version like the Weird Al Yankovic kind of like take? A whole. <laughs> no, I wish they. It's more. Dr- I, mean, I did sure not watch the whole funny. movie. I watched clips of it, but Got it's it. uh, she and Archie are. You know, they're going through a problem mm-hmm. with their marriage, and she checks into this hotel. And Dustin Hoffman is like, I think he's a like a newspaper guy, and he's like, <laughs> of course, he like realizes who she is, and while everybody else is looking for her, so he like tries to get to know her, like pretending he's someone else right. while she's at the hotel. And the twist is that it seems like she's going to kill the mistress, her husband's mistress. Oh. But in fact, she's actually spoiler alert; she's trying to commit suicide. So the whole it's yeah. a bit of like. There's some suspense to it, stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it is not a true story. It is not a true story. And I I, I think the name of the movie is Agatha. I think that's what it's called. Don't, right. don't well, get I mad at me I love Vanessa Redgrave. I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's a, oh, and Timothy Dalton plays the husband. So what? I love Timothy Dalton. All yeah. Right. Check it out, everybody. All right. So I'm going to rewind yep, yep, yep. back to the beginning of the story. In 1925, Christie was writing The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, which I keep wanting to say Dan Ackroyd, not (laughs) Roger Ackroyd. At that time, Archibald met a woman in London named Nancy Neal, and they started an affair. And this affair seems like it kind of went on and off again for a little bit, but mainly on. And about 18 months later, he actually told Agatha about his affair. So Agatha was well aware. It's not just rumors and speculation. She knows her husband has a mistress. This, as you can imagine, is not great for their marriage. It's not great for their relationship. 
And not only that, but Archibald had some resentment over Agatha's budding success. Money was an issue in this relationship. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) So on top of this, Agatha Christie's mother passed away, I think, around nine months before her disappearance. And she was very close with her mother. And her mother Mm -hmm. was quite a powerful figure in the family, quite the matriarch. And Archie did not attend the funeral. So my point of filling in these bits of details is their marriage was not just bad. It was it was bad, bad. Yeah, <laughs> more than Rocky. More than Rocky. And knowing that now, I'm going to go back through some events of that night and sort of fill in the details I've been able to piece together. So the afternoon before Agatha left, she actually visited her mother-in-law to take her daughter to see her grandmother. And the grandmother, Archie's mom, noticed that Agatha didn't have on her wedding ring. And she commented on it, and Agatha didn't really give much detail to why she wasn't wearing the ring. And that night, Agatha's daughter was put to bed, and then Agatha ate dinner alone, and she was waiting on Archibald to come home. Most of the stories I read about this say that he was out of town for business that weekend, but apparently she was waiting. She thought he may come home. So Mm -hmm. she was waiting for him to come home. He never did. He was away staying with friends and his mistress, Miss Nancy Neal. And he had no intention of coming home that weekend. So at 945, she very much like she knew what she was doing. It was not it was not a spur of the moment thing. She put on a fur coat. She had a little bag and she told, you know, her house staff, she isn't royal. I don't think she has like 20 staff members. She may have like one or two. Right. She told she told everybody she was going for a drive. And then, as I said before, her car is found the next morning, sort of down. It's like down a hill. There's like a turnoff from the road, and there's a bit of a hill down to the edge of this chalk quarry, this chalk pit. The tires were not overhanging the cliff. They, Mm -hmm. the car was kind of up on a bit of like a bush or a hedge, but it was not dramatically damaged. It was not hanging off the side of a cliff like you typically hear. When it was first found that morning, the headlights were still on. And by the time the next few bits of people that saw the car and before the police came out, the battery died. So the headlights turned off. Right. And there's actually a guy who had the perfect um, business and skills for this. A guy named Frederick Dorr, who was a car tester by trade. He noticed that the car looked like it had been pushed from the top of the hill because there were it was in neutral. Yeah, And there were no like skid marks. So right. no brakes had ever been engaged going down the hill. And Frederick Dorr, by the way, is the one who called the authorities from best I can tell. Some of the other stories comment on some other people. I think he's the one that actually called police. In the car was found her fur coat, a dressing case containing various articles of ladies wearing apparel, <laughs> and a driver's license indicating that it you know belonged to Miss Agatha Christie. And Agatha turns out wrote three letters either that yeah she wrote three letters either right after she left or before her left it was put in the post one was to her husband one was to her secretary and one was to her brother-in-law two of those letters were destroyed we don't know what she said to archie we know a little bit about what she said to the secretary but she told her brother-in-law that she was going to a spa in yorkshire Mm-hmm. So again, this doesn't sound like she stumbled upon this hotel. Yeah. She had a plan to go to a spa. So it doesn't sound like amnesia to me, people. This sounds nope. very pre-planned. 
She also, as I said earlier, she took a cab to the hotel and she likely came from London initially to get to Harrogate. So when she checked in, she used the name Teresa Neal, which is the same surname as her husband. Yeah, that's the same surname as her husband's mistress. And she claimed she was from South Africa and she she had been telling people that she was there. She was getting away because she suffered the loss of a baby girl. So she's. Mm Getting away to clear her mind. Right. No one's going to ask you about that or any questions. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. (laughs) And that's why she, basically, that's why she was, yeah, that's why she was there. That's why she was at this spa kind of resort. She was getting her mental health and her relaxation. Right. And what's going on when she's at the hotel? I mentioned before, she's having room service. She's dancing. She's going shopping. But there are people at the hotel that noticed that she would read the newspaper, which had all the Agatha Christie stuff on it. And she <laughs> sometimes seemed upset when she would read it. Yeah. And she would like get mad or flummoxed over reading about this Agatha Christie person being yeah. being gone. And the way she was found is actually really fun. So this guy, Bob Tappan and Bob Leeming, the Bobs, the Bobs. They, worked, the, they worked at the hotel. I think they were members of a band. They noticed who she was. They had talked to Rosie Asher, who was a chambermaid, who... She kind of started to put the the pieces together that this is Agatha Christie. And I can't remember if the Bobs told the chambermaid or maybe she told them. Actually, the way I wrote my notes is not clear. I apologize. <laughs> but within the three of them, they're communicating and they figure out this is Agatha Christie. And the Bobs are the ones that actually call the authorities and we're like, uh, I think we found the woman you were looking for. And authorities approached Agatha like a spy movie. They didn't what? like just show up and like, excuse me, are are you Agatha Christie? Because like we're worried about you. They basically yeah. like came to the hotel and secretly watched. They even went into her hotel room when she was out. And in there, this is a really piece of, interesting piece of evidence to me. There's a picture frame next to her bed of Agatha's daughter with the nickname Teddy on it. Mm-hmm. So she's putting up, she didn't take her bag out of the car. But she's putting up a picture of her daughter and claiming she also doesn't remember who she is. But yet she has right. her daughter on the bedside table. So yeah, so they're they're like scoping it out. They call Archie. They get Archie to come in, and Mister Mister Archibald, Mister Archibald, is sitting in the lobby, and they're waiting for Agatha to come down for dinner. And he's oh literally like gosh. holding a newspaper in front of his face, to like not give him away. So they're, again, it's like a spy movie. They're, yeah. they're scoping it out. She comes down. He sees her. He's like, yep, that's Agatha. So he goes up to her and they start talking. And it's noted by people around that she recognized him. There wasn't yeah. like, oh, sorry, who are you? What? Right. She's like, oh, oh, shit. Here's my husband. They talk. They have dinner at the hotel that <laughs> night together to keep talking. There's no confusion. She immediately knows who he is. It's worth noting that Agatha's friend, Nan, who is, she's like Agatha's brother's sister's husband's cousin, brother. They're, they're like distantly related in some way, but it's her good yeah. friend. And Nan lives in London. And it comes out after this whole ordeal, after Agatha's found, Nan actually knew where she was. The whole time. The whole time. Nan helped her get to the hotel, <laughs> apparently gave her some cash, some spending money. Again- premeditated pre-planned is what it sounds like no amnesia that is what they tell everybody but this definitely sounds like she's she needed time her marriage was so terrible she needed she needed to get away and 
I think the question we will ask ourselves here in a moment, or we can start asking ourselves now, but we'll talk about it in a yeah. moment, which is if it was pre-planned, like like these details make it sound, the car, all that kind of stuff, was she like almost doing this like spiteful thing to Archie? Like, I'm just going to disappear. You're going to think I'm dead and I'm just going to yeah. like, was there some of that motivation behind it? Instead of just leaving, like instead of just like getting out of Dodge, there's this mystery built up that her her crime novelist brain seems to have like yeah. created these bits and details to almost lead authorities down the wrong way on purpose. Right. But at the same time, still like breadcrumbs or there's some ways that she wasn't like in actual hiding. If she's like, oh, yeah. do, do, do. I'm looking at this newspaper. <laughs> it's got my face on it. Could yeah. be me. Like, yeah. you know, where you're like trying to do something bad, but you got your eye out. You're like, did you see this? You know, yeah. like our kids when they're like, hey, should I should I not be touching this? I'm touching yeah. it. Touching <laughs> it. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Know. Yeah. Uh, but then it's yeah. like she took the plots from all these different ideas of her books and then just yeah. kind of mishmashed them together. And Yeah. And that's like, like that's one of the most fascinating things about this. So what we're going to do now, Julissa, you're going to have a mighty big bit of text if you can pull up that email I sent oh, you. Yes. So Julissa is going to read basically the only thing Agatha Christie ever said about this. She was kind of forced to make a statement because in ni- 1928, there was a lawsuit going on with some newspaper and somebody and it had to do with like hoaxes and stuff. And she got drawn into it because so many people thought that her disappearance was a hoax that mm-hmm. she felt like she had to put out a statement. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have you read it. And I okay. before you do, I'm just just for listeners sakes. I think she's lying about some of it. Yeah, let's find out. I have never read this. So nope. I have Going no idea cold. how this <laughs> It is a lot of text, so bear with uh, bear with Julissa because there's a lot here. I did edit some of this down just so everybody's aware, but I, I tried to do it in a way that didn't take away the meaning behind anything. It was just, it's a lot of text. So just for time's sake, I didn't want to have the whole thing in there. So yeah, yeah. feel free to start when you're ready. Um, it, it might get theatrical. I can't help myself. So we'll do see. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here she is. Of course I know that the time, at the time, a large number of people thought I had gone away to seek publicity, to carry out a stupid hoax, or to have a subtle revenge on somebody. What actually happened was this. I left my home that night in a state of high nervous strain with the intention of doing something desperate. I drove in my car over the crest of the downs in the direction of a quarry. The car struck something, and I was flung against the steering wheel and injured my chest and my head. I was dazed by the blow and lost my memory. For 24 hours, I wandered in a dream and then found myself at Harrogate, a well-contented and perfectly happy woman who believed she had just come from South Africa. The trouble really began with the death of my mother in the spring of 1926. That affected me very deeply. And on top of this shock, there came a number of private troubles into which I would rather not enter. On the day of my disappearance, I drove over in the afternoon to Dorking with my daughter to see a relative. I was at this time in a very despondent state of mind. I just wanted my life to end. That night, I felt terribly miserable. I felt that I could go on no longer. I left my home at 10 o'clock in my car and with a few articles of clothing in a suitcase and about 60 pounds in my bag. 
When I reached a point on the road, which I thought was near the quarry I had seen in the afternoon, I turned the car off. And, uh, I turned the car off the road, down the hill towards it. I left the wheel and let the car run. The car struck something with a jerk and pulled up suddenly. I was flung against the steering wheel and my head hit something. Up to this moment, I was Mrs. Christie. I was certainly in an abnormal state of mind and scarcely knew what I was doing or where I was going. All the same, I knew I was Mrs. Christie. After the accident in the car, however, I lost my memory. For 24 hours after the accident, my mind was in almost blank. Since I recovered my health, I have managed to recall a little of what had happened in those 24 hours. I remember arriving at a big railway station. I was covered with mud and I had smeared blood on my face from a cut on my hand. I could never make out how this had been caused. I believe I wandered about London and then remember arriving at the hotel in Harrogate. I was still muddy and showed signs of my accident when I arrived there. I had now become, in my mind, Mrs. Tessa Neal of South Africa. The only thing which really puzzled me was the fact that I had scarce, scarcely any luggage with me. I had become, as it were, a new woman, and all the worries and anxieties of Mrs. Christie had left me. When I was brought back to my life as Mrs. Christie, once again, many of my worries and anxieties returned, and although I am now quite well and cheerful and have lost my old morbid tendencies completely, I have not quite the utter happiness of Mrs. Neal. At Harrogate, I read every day about Mrs. Christie's disappearance and came to the conclusion that she was dead. I regarded her as having acted stupidly. I was greatly struck by my resemblance to her and pointed it out to the people in the hotel. It never occurred to me that I might be her, as I was quite satisfied in my mind as to who I was. I thought I was a widow, and I thought I had had a son who had died, for I had in my bag a photograph of, a, of my little girl when young with the name Teddy upon it. I even tried to obtain a book by this Miss, Mrs. Christie to read. When I was finally discovered, it was not for some time that doctors and relatives restored to my mind memories of my life as Mrs. Christie. Yes, yes, indeed. I love, what was the morbid, my, I'm, I, I let go morbid, of my morbid, like, yeah. like, tendencies. Let go of my morbid tendencies. I lost all morbid tendencies completely. Yes, indeed. Uh, no, so that is, that's the only statement she's ever, at least that I'm aware of, that she's ever said. If any listeners out there know of more that she said about this event, besides, like, just in passing, I'm sure she got asked questions about it, but would say little, little things. Uh, but yeah, please message me at studyofstrangeatgmail.com. I'd love to know if there's more more things that she said publicly about this. And I, I need to mention my source. I should have done this up top. That's part of me <laughs> still failing at being a podcast host. Learning. But my learning. learning. It's Hashtag okay. learning. <laughs> but my primary source today is a book called, I think it's called The Missing 11 Days. And I'll provide a link to that in my show notes. Um, but that was the basis for a BBC documentary about this story as well. And um, the author had talked to relatives and tracked down a lot of this information that I was able to find. Most of it came from this book, and it's it's just a fantastic read. There are other books about this that are fictionalized. So if you're trying to find out the real thing about this, just make sure you're reading uh, a book that's not fictionalized, because there are a lot of fictionalized versions of this story. Now, according to that primary source... Uh, he talked to some doctors and everything that she said in what you just read is not actually consistent with amnesia. The actions are hallmarks of someone who has assumed a secondary identity, sort of put on mm -hmm. at a secondary identity 
with an ulterior motive is what the doctor said, because she's actually making con- uh, contradictory statements about what somebody that experiences memory loss would go through. Mm-hmm. And we also know that some of what she said is just not correct. She did not show up at the hotel muddy and bloody. Right, she went to London wondering. and was with her friend Nan. And there's even some stories from people at the hotel that like her hair was done up differently than it normally is, almost like she was putting on a disguise. So she she lied about that straight up. I do find it interesting that she like said that she turned off towards the quarry because that does show whether she did actually turn off the quarry. I, I don't mean to take anything away from the emotional distress right. that she's going through because maybe yeah. she did think about suicide that night. Maybe she was just like, fuck For it, sure. I'm turning down this hill and I'm just going to forget my plan of going to the spa. I'm just going to end it. <laughs> yeah. So she could have driven down the hill. I do think it's interesting that that one guy was like, there's no brakes applied. It's a neutral because she also, again, this like trying to create a story for her husband's sake, like my theory, she may have pushed it. Yeah. Like she may have done that on purpose to like cause her own bit of revenge, like emotional yeah. revenge to her husband, just to make it look like she may have died. Right. So like I a do a cocktail think... of things that she yeah. could be like, I have this intention and this intention, and they don't have to all match. <laughs> yeah. And leaving her stuff in the car purposefully because we know that she went to Nan again like we know that she was intending to do that so it's like I feel like I I personally feel like she was trying to make it look like she had died Mm -hmm. so that her husband would be like you know like try to create some some kind of provoking emotional reaction I was gonna say some she's like hey remember me like yeah yeah exactly (laughs) hey um yeah she doesn't mention Nan she in that statement either right she doesn't mention the letters that she wrote she wrote those three letters and yeah so that's why i'm thinking that she is primarily lying about some of the details in that mm-hmm. statement to the press and we also know that her husband archie had made a lot of uh, statements to the press after she was found building up the story of amnesia as well and yeah. i i personally think you know, it's England in the 1920s. I think they're putting up a bit of a guard for like personal family matters. Like, oh, our, of course, we want the public to think that you went through something distressful and and you're now, you know, you had memory issues because that's the best way to protect our own. Maybe image that's what they were the talking public. about uh, at dinner. They're like, okay, what's the story? How, do we <laughs> yeah. this How are we going to get through this? Yeah, yeah, they might have been. I, yeah, God, that would have been such. And then she's an like, awkward... co-write this weird story with me. All right, what are we telling? Exactly. So after this crazy affair, after the mystery of Agatha Christie, she returned home. She re- resumed life as a successful author. But the, yeah, the this in, events surrounding this disappearance remain a mystery for the most part and Archibald and Agatha did get divorced i think it's when they, within a year year and a half after this and he soon spun around and married miss nancy neal surprise right surprise. Afterwards. surprise surprise so oh whatever gosh. the truth may be the disappearance of agatha christie remains one of the most fascinating mysteries in literary history and it's kind of more mysterious than most of her books cuz you you get you get right. told who did it you find right. out who who done like, it and I who have done it no no idea why yeah i mean you can it's the fun part is thinking of all the reasons why Mm -hmm. you know but you're like okay she's like well i can't if i do anything crazy they're gonna say that i'm hysterical yes Um, she is a lady she is a lady with with emotions (laughs) yes and maybe for once she's like i want to be the main character in my own story so who knows she's like what is it what would it be like she could just 
write it off literally as research. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like, yeah for me. I I feel like the emotional turmoil that she was experiencing in her life was very real. And by yeah. not believing everything she's saying about this, I, I definitely don't want to say I don't believe what she's going through because I do. Yeah, I just think that the story about what happened has been concocted to save face. And right. I think there's a bit of, I don't know the right word, but it's something along the lines of just that, like, I'll show him kind of yeah. thing. And I, I don't know what to call that. I don't know if that's spiteful. I, I don't, but that just like, fine, you're going to have a mistress. You're going to ruin this marriage. I'm just going to make it look like I died for a few days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that kind of See, thinking. I can ruin your life too for a bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a way to get control again over this falling apart relationship maybe in yeah. some some way. I'm not a psychologist. Everybody can probably <laughs> tell that already listening like, to this. I don't know, but I could think about like all the things or how you want to act in one way, but you know, society isn't going to let you. Mm -hmm. So then you have to just build all these stories or like when you're trying to explain yourself, but you're constantly trying to give new reasons so that whoever's listening will understand. Yeah. Even though you're like, but the real reason is I'm just a hot mess on the inside because life <sighs> sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not allowed to express myself how I want to. I'm sure. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. And part of, I, I just thought of this too, and it seems so obvious. Maybe that's why I didn't think of it earlier. But there was this hoax thing going around. People thought it was a publicity stunt. Mm -hmm. And if it is a hoax, if it is a publicity stunt, or she was just playing, playing with her husband's emotions on purpose, the whole nation and even international news is paying attention to this. There's thousands of volunteers. There's planes flying around. There's yeah. police departments putting in manpower. Part of the amnesia memory story might be a legal defense. Yeah. And more than more than <laughs> yeah. we just want to save face. There might be a like, we don't want to get sued because Right. It was 11 days of a lot of money getting spent searching right. for you while you were getting massages. I know. That doesn't look good. <laughs> it does not look good. It does not look good for Agatha Christie. So that yeah. may have been part of that too. Yeah. There could be some yeah. lawyers that are in there like, hey, could you just, just like, claim amnesia? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're a woman. You can't handle emotions. So let us you tell just you what say, you should do. Yes. Here you go. We're going to mansplain the situation that you just put yourself in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is that is the mystery of Agatha Christie's 11 days of disappearance, oh, as best I can tell. And yeah, I, I've always loved this story. I didn't know about the, the greater detail I went into today until I started researching this story. And I was so excited to come across that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the letters and Nan and all of that. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is absolutely right. so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's totally planned. And also now you're like, I want to know what was in those letters. I know. I know. I want to know. I want to know. All right. Any final thoughts, Julissa? Oh, my gosh. I, in a way, it leaves you in that where you're like, I am not satisfied. There is no solution. I don't know what the answer is. But I also yeah. love that because then now you'll always just pick up little tidbits that you find. Yeah. yeah. And the so. mystery must live on. And even though we we looked into more information and know more about this story there's definitely still a a lesson in if we don't know everything there's always a mystery 
and right. that keeps your brain thinking about it. The story's interesting mm-hmm. because the mystery survives. And now I kind of want to go back and read a bunch of her books, though, too, because then you can kind of piece out little bits because, you ooh. know, every author puts part of themselves in there. Yeah. And so you're like, ooh, what part is like this is she letting <laughs> out? And like maybe she's, <laughs> you know, talking about some of the things. I don't know. It could be yeah. hidden in there. All the messages that could be in All the, the messages. Yeah, it's amazing. So everybody check out Agatha Christie's work. She needs to sell more books. <laughs> No one ever makes movies based off off her stuff at all. Never, they're never redone. No, not at all. (laughs) Not not anything. So yeah, help her out. Help her out, everybody. Read some Agatha Christie, and yeah. Do you want to tell anybody where to, or do you want to tell everybody where to find information (laughs) on Storyboard Delights? And also, do you do online ordering ordering anymore? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, you can order like our bonbons or our bars. Yeah. So storyboarddelights.com. That's our chocolate shop. Um, And something that we didn't mention either, though, is like our chocolates are based on stories. So Eric, my husband, would like, he does sculpted chocolates of like Little Red Riding Hood, the Frog Prince. One of my favorites is Moby Dick because it's a dark chocolate bar with a white chocolate whale. And like, (laughs) it's just super fun. And then a good friend of ours now is starting to make little comic strips for us. Oh, nice. And so we're going to have those in in the labels. And then, uh, yeah, finally, maybe the word storyboard will make sense for our chocolate shop. It made sense in LA. Doesn't make sense now. But yeah, so we're just online there. You could see our Instagram. We're always doing funny videos because we do swing dancing. We do chocolate classes. Mm -hmm. We do jazz nights. We're just doing all sorts of stuff. All sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. everybody, please check check that out. Well, thank you so much, Julissa. It was yeah. fun to talk to you about this and share this mystery. And yeah, just I really enjoyed it. Thanks for being I know, it was on. so fun. And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this type of content, if you enjoy explorations of the unknown and stories of mysteries and true crime, take a quick second to hit that follow button or subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to know more, follow us on Instagram at A Study of Strange or check out our Patreon to support the show through our website, A Study of Strange. where you can find exclusive additional content episodes without commercials and unedited. Thank you again to Julissa Wright, and I look forward to bringing you more tales of mystery in the coming weeks. Thank you again. Good night.